Good evening, good evening to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Good to be in the house of prayer one more time. Good to be with you, my father's children, in this venue and this platform as we study the word of God, share the word of God together and learn from the word of God. It is the living word. And we believe that in it is truth and on it we stand. Amen. Good to see each of you on tonight. Go ahead and share this with your neighbor and your friends. Go ahead and like it and uh, put some thumbs up in the chats and, and in the um, online spaces. However, you're connecting with us tonight, whether it's on uh, YouTube or Facebook, uh, we're glad that you're here. And uh, let's uh, make sure that you're sharing it uh, because there's a good word on tonight, a good word that we want to share with you. Um, I believe that the Lord uh, is speaking to us in this season, this season as we celebrate uh, the coming of Christ uh, some 2,000 years ago uh, in the form of a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
we want to get into this word tonight. So go ahead and share it with your neighbor, share it with your friends. Let them know that you're watching K-Chapel Live. T.A., why don't we see who we have in the room on tonight as we get ready to study the word. Ruth Dale, God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Dale. We thank God for you, Dorothy Jones. Good to see you, Sister Jones. God bless you. Continue to lift you all up in prayer. Faye Foster is with us on tonight. God bless you. Sister Foster, Shelba Moore is with us. Amen. God bless you, Sister Moore. Betty Palmer is watching. We thank God for you, Sister Palmer. Alta Clark is with us. God bless you, Sister Clark. Amen. Jayla P., good to see you. Jack, Jacqueline Pendleton, one of our new members. God bless you. Continuing to lift uh, your sister up. God bless you. Good to have you with us. Robbie Singleton, God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Singleton. We thank God for you. Pauline Henderson, God bless you, Sister Henderson. Good to see you all. I know you're holding it down at the courtyard. Audrey Samuels, God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Samuels. Amen. We thank God for each of you. Continue to share with your neighbor. Continue to share with your friends. We want to see uh, everyone come in on tonight because there is a word on tonight. Listen, listen, I uh, want to remind you, uh, Jingle Jam for our young people uh, is going on. Uh, it's going to be coming up um, real soon, Jingle Jam. And so we want to make sure that our young people are registered on the for the 16th, December 16th. We need you to register, I believe, by the um, it may have passed already, but uh, you go ahead and get it in if you can. Yeah, RSVP by the, by the 11th, I think it said. Uh, but go ahead. If you have not done it, please, please, by all means, get that in because we need to get the food and the games and everything set up. Our, our youth department needs to get that set up. So go ahead and make sure you get your young people registered for the Jingle Jam to take place on December 16th from 3 until 5 p.m. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Listen, let's go ahead and uh, say, get into our study. Well, why don't we offer a word of prayer and then we'll get into our study. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, for this time together. You are so good. You are so God all by yourself. And Lord, we pray your blessings upon this time as we study in your word. We pray, oh God, that you would open our eyes, open our ears open our hearts and open our understanding. Lord, that we might receive the truth of your word and in receiving it, that we might live by it. We might stand on it. We might trust in it. We might lean and depend upon it as we lean and depend upon you. Granted, O oh God, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, who is our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ, we do pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. So listen, you all, um, there are, there are oftentimes things that are going on in the city of Jackson that sometimes might fly under the radar. And um, there's something happening in Jackson right now. For, it's going to be happening actually uh, for a few months now, but I don't want it to fly under your radar. And if you can go out and see it, I think you should. I think you should. Um, at the Mississippi Museum of Art, Mississippi Museum of Art, there is a great exhibition taking place right now at the Mississippi Museum of Art. It is uh, Bearden Picasso. Uh, Bearden is Romare Bearden. Picasso, of course, is Pablo Picasso. Um, and there are wonderful pieces that are being displayed in an exhibit 
uh, in the Mississippi Museum of Art right now. I believe it's going to be taking place through March. Um, I've already been to it. Lucretia and I have been to it. It is absolutely wonderful. Uh, we took the we took our I was about to say our kids, our grown children, uh, and all of us went together. I must say I'm probably more into art now than I ever have been in life. I guess because my son is an artist, and I'm I'm looking at more things than I've ever looked at before. Really, with uh, with with a bit more uh, of a critical eye, I guess you might say. But it's a it's a wonderful exhibition. Uh, Picasso, you've probably heard of. Bearden, you may not have heard of. Bearden is an African American artist. Uh, he died probably I I think it was around in the late eighties. Uh, he he passed. Uh, but um, uh, Bearden is is kind of known for uh, I, I don't. See, I'm not an artist, okay? I'm not a critic, so I'm going to talk in layman's terms here, okay? It, it's it's kind of, it's what I call the patchwork kind of art. So you'll see a lot of blocks uh, in his artwork and a lot of blocky kind of things that he puts together to make uh, to make these, these wonderful pieces. And so um, a, a lot of, some of his art is on display now. I think you will really enjoy it. Uh, and, and again, I think it's something that, uh, that, that shouldn't fly under the radar. But I wanted to bring to your attention while we were there, there were several pieces that you're seeing now um, that, that, that I took pictures of because they allow you to take pictures, okay? <laughs> um, but there were several, several pieces there, several paintings of his that um, are representative of Christ and his life. This one is uh, the Holy Family nativity scene, uh, Mary, Joseph, and the baby. Uh, the ones prior to that, I think you may have seen prior to that, um, the Annunciation. Yeah, that's the Annunciation. Uh, the angel you see there with the gold wing on the side and Mary with her hands lifted up. Um, we've been talking about the Annunciation the last couple of Sundays, actually, where uh, the announcement of Gabriel uh, to, to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And then the one prior to that, I think, was uh, the, yeah, that's Madonna and Child, uh, Madonna and Child. And so you'll, you'll start to see, and actually, I love the way they, they do this exhibit because uh, they'll have some Picasso pieces close to Bearden pieces. And you can see how these two are kind of playing uh, off of each other. Uh, this is another one, the crucifixion. I think this one is actually titled, entitled Golgotha. Um, I think that's the title of it, but you see the cross, the image of the cross and Jesus there. Uh, you see the Roman uh, soldiers at the foot of the cross. Um, and then, and then there's this last one, I think that I want to, yeah, one that I want you to see. This one is entitled uh, Mother and Child. Uh, it's very, very reminiscent of what you will see uh, in many, many other um, artistic traditions, Madonna and Child. Uh, but again, this is an African-American artist and he, he does it for us. Uh, he, 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 he puts our tones and our, our, our features and our imagery uh, to, to our faith. Um, and so I love, I love what we see here. Uh, and so again, I, I think you will enjoy it. Uh, it's the Bearden uh, Picasso uh, exhibition at the Mississippi Museum of Art. 
Um, I like it. I hope you like it. But I wanted to use that tonight, really, and particularly that last image, that last image of mother and child, um, to really talk about, to really talk about um, lessons, lessons from uh, Mary, uh, lessons that we can learn from the life of Mary or from the responses of Mary. Uh, I, I heard T.A. was playing that song, Mary, Did You Know, uh, for our lead-in. And so I want to talk tonight um, uh, about some of the lessons, lessons from Mary, lessons from the, the, the mother of Jesus that, that we can learn. And, and remember, remember uh, that this mother um, is, is really a teenager um, when she is pregnant with Christ. Uh, she, she is, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, a single female at the time because she and Mary, she and Joseph have not, uh, gotten married yet. She is a spouse to be married, uh, to Joseph. Um, and this great announcement, the annunciation, uh, this great announcement from Gabriel takes place, tells her uh, what God um, intends to do and how God intends to use her to bring forth uh, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, uh, who will die for the sins of the world. And she is carrying this great promise that has been prophesied uh, for uh, for some, some thousands of years now by the time uh, this actually comes to pass. And so um, we want to look at a few of the lessons, particularly from Luke chapter one, uh, a few of the lessons that we can learn from Mary and how she responds to this great announcement, Mary and how she responds to, um, to, to how God wants to use her uh, to bring forth this great, this great miracle, this great uh, Messiah. Uh, who is coming to the world to deliver the world uh, from its sin. So lesson number one, and I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to give you four tonight, okay? Four lessons that we can learn from Mary, that every believer can learn from Mary, right? Lesson number one, despite Mary's fears, she trusted God's word and guidance for her life. Despite her fears, she trusted God's word and God's guidance for her life. I want to start by saying this, y'all. Um, be clear. Mary was afraid. Just like all believers have fear. Now, if a Christian tells you not, they're not afraid of anything, be afraid of them because they're not, they're not telling the truth. And I know the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But please understand what that says is we don't have the spirit of fear, which means that our lives are not dominated by fear, right? It means that we don't live in fear. That fear does not overtake us and rule over us, right? But every believer, every person experiences fear of some sort. We know what that feels like. We know the expression of fear. We know the experience of fear. 
whether it's a fear of something or heights or or some animal or some insect we know what fear feels like Let, let's not let's not play that game of I'm, I'm not afraid or no we we have fear in fact in fact uh one of the things that i do when i'm counseling uh couples in premarital um um i i i will ask them to i will give them a prompt uh to finish right uh, we we talk about um, a stream of consciousness and how to talk through uh, what you're feeling and 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 how to get to where you're landing, right? And then one of the things I'll say is, okay, I want you to finish this statement. I'll give them the prompt um, um, as we as we enter into marriage. The thing that I fear most is right, and they finish that statement, right? Because fear is real. Fear is real. We ha we have them, whether they're healthy or not, they exist, right? And Mary had hers. In Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one, uh, beginning at verse number twenty-eight. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter one, beginning with verse number twenty-eight. I'm going to look at the King James version. I'm sorry, TA, I, I didn't get this to you, but oh yeah, Luke chapter one and twenty-eight. You know how I roll, bro. <laughs> Luke 1 and 28, um, uh, here, here's what this text says. It says, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And then verse 29 says this, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. That's the King James Version. She was troubled at his saying, it says. The Amplified Amplified version says she was greatly perplexed. New Living Translation says that Mary was confused and disturbed. The NRSB, New Revised Standard Version, says that she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Whichever version you read, you get the idea that what Gabriel said to Mary didn't go over easily. It troubled her. And we know that it troubled her because later on, Gabriel says, don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid. Right? So fear is real. Whether you're a believer who's new to faith or whether you've been in the faith for a long time, fear and the experience and the expression of fear is real. The point is not to be controlled by fear right there's a there's a passage there's a passage in the book of job you remember job don't you job is um um uh talking to god in chapter uh three in chapter three job is talking to god and this is after <clears throat> the lord has allowed satan to uh, uh to buffet him and to, and to try him by um uh, all of the all of the the the, the tra travesty and tragedy that had taken place in his life he lost his children he lost his health he lost his wealth right um and and in all of that the bible says that that um uh that that job did not sin against god with his lips i think it's interesting that that phrase that he didn't sin against god with his lips right it, he may have been thinking some stuff, but he didn't say it. 
There may have been some thoughts to come to mind, but it never came out of his mouth, right? He didn't sin against God with his lips. Uh, he heard all that his wife was telling him, but he never sinned against God with his lips, right? His wife was saying, curse God and die. And, <clears throat> and while that thought may have played in his mind for a while, it never came out of his mouth. What came out of his mouth were things like, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shall we receive good from the Lord and not receive evil in all of this, right? It did not sin against God with his lips. But then in Job chapter three, verse 25, I love the fact, I love the fact that that the Bible does not whitewash the emotion that Job is feeling. <clears throat> and so, excuse me. And so in Job 3 and 25, um, it says, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me, right? It's, it's this idea that, that we all have fears. The thing that you fear most. What is it that you fear most? Right? And it doesn't mean that you live in that fear. It doesn't mean that 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 it controls you and, and you can't rest and 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 you spend all of your life um you know battling this fear, but it does mean that you're honest in facing the fact of the fear, right? Facing my the fact of fear. And here's how you face the fact of fear, with faith. You face the fact of your fear with faith. With faith, right? And this is what, this is what Mary does. She's, she's afraid. She doesn't understand what's going on. She, she gets this message, this announcement from Gabriel an angel from heaven who's come down and found her and is telling her all of this stuff about what God is going to do with her. And she's 15, 14, 15 years old. Yeah, she's afraid. Of course she's afraid. Of course she's afraid. Just like you're afraid when you get news that you weren't. Of course you're afraid. It's the fact. But you face the fact of fear with faith over and over again in the bible i don't know how many hundreds of verses that there are literally hundreds of verses in the bible where god is saying to us don't be afraid or fear not right be not afraid don't fear this there are literally hundreds of verses in the bible where god directly says to us don't be afraid. I know, right? I know that you have a fear, but don't live in your fear. Don't let fear overcome you and overtake you and overshadow you. Let your faith overshadow your fears. Am I talking to anybody? So yeah, I, I listen, listen. Um, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's healthy or even helpful to act like you don't have fear. I don't think that's healthy. And I don't think God asks us to do that. I don't think the Lord asks of us 
to go through life as if fear is not a part of it. David writes, yea, though I walk, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, right? He says, listen, I'm, there are things that I'm going through, right? There are situations, there are circumstances, there are conditions that I am going through, but I will not go through them, watch this, afraid. There may be fear about the moment or the, the, the situation, but I will not live in that fear. I will walk through the fear by faith. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So I believe this 15-year-old, 14 or 15-year-old, single mother, single-to-be mother, <laughs> right? And she can teach a lot of us a great lesson right here. That even though we have fears, that we don't let fears predominate our faith. She trusted God's word and God's guidance for her life. Okay, that's number one. Number two, number two. In the midst of Mary's trials, here's what we can learn from Mary. She continued to praise God. In the midst of what she was going through, she continued to praise God. Let me show it to you. Go back to Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one, verse 46. And this is, this is that passage of scripture that we refer to as the Magnificat. Um, it, is, it is Mary's praise song, song of praise, right? This is after the angel Gabriel has given this great announcement and Mary is left to, you know, figure it out and, and, and decide how she's going to respond. Here's Mary's response. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden for behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Look at that. All generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. His mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in, in the imagination of their heart. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to his as he as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Watch this, y'all. Mary has just been given something that she did not foresee. She's just been dealt the hand, right, that she didn't see coming. And Mary's response is to lift up praise and worship while her life is being met with the unforeseen. She glorifies God, watch this, y'all, while she is probably still in shock. I mean, wouldn't you be? 
She glorifies God while she's still in shock. And here's what I want to say, say to you, that sometimes, sometimes you have to do what you can do when you don't know what to do. Sometimes you have to do what you can do when you don't know what to do. I'm going to suggest to you that Mary probably didn't know what to do in response to this announcement from Gabriel. But she did what she could do, and that is sing. She praises. She worships. She gives God glory. She doesn't know what to do, but but she does what she can do. And, and sometimes that's what you have to lean into, y'all. When you don't know what to do, do what you can do. If you can sing, sing. If you can pray, pray. If, if you can worship, worship. If you can write, write. Sometimes you just have to do what you can do when you don't know what to do. I hope I'm helping somebody. Mary's response is, watch this y'all, it's a response that is in real time. In the real time of her getting this news, she responds with worship, right? And I think what I wanna say to you is, you know, thinking back on, on, on how we led in with, with, with art, you know, sometimes our lives are, are like one big canvas and God is, God is, God is the artist. And here's what you got to do. Mm, here's what you got to do. You got to trust God with the brush. You're the canvas. You got to trust God with the paintbrush. And know that God knows what he's doing with every stroke. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen those artists? Thank you, Lord. Have you ever seen those artists who, um, who, who, who they will, they will, they will start a canvas and they're painting on it. And you can see an image, but you have no idea what it is, Right. And, and and then they get to the end of it and it still doesn't look like anything. And then they flip the canvas over and you see, right, this, this great picture. You, you, you couldn't tell what was going on because the painter was actually painting from a perspective that you couldn't appreciate. Good God Almighty. Yeah. And so in the same way, sometimes God is painting on the canvas of your life. He's painting things that you can't appreciate you, you, because you can't see it from the perspective that he's painting. Or, or trust God, trust God with the pen. You be the paper. You be the paper and trust God to write the narrative of your life. Trust that he knows what he's writing. Trust that, trust that every sentence is going to come to a res resolution that makes sense. 
trust that every word is going to have meaning right and you're just saying lord i'm i'm the paper i'm going to trust you with your divine pen write my story write the narrative of my life how you see fit i trust you with the pen i trust you with the paintbrush do what you will And while you're doing what you do, <laughs> look, I'm just going to do what I can do. I'll worship while you work. I'll worship while you work it out in my life, while you work on me, while you while you paint this masterpiece, while you write this, this novel of my life. I'll trust you with the results and I'll worship while you work. That's going to preach some some Sunday. That's going to preach some Sunday. I'll worship while you work it out, while you weave it together, while you bring it together. I'll worship you through it. Amen. Number three, number three, number three. Here's something else we can learn from from this young this young girl. Mary, Mary's suffering drew her closer to God. Mary's suffering drew her closer to God. Now, Mary <laughs> didn't remain a teenager as a mother, just like Jesus didn't remain a baby, right? He lived for 33 years, which means that if Mary was 15, add 30, 33 to 15, come on, somebody help me out. Y'all put it in the chat line, tell me what that is. So at the end of Mary, at the end of Jesus's life, right? At the end of Jesus's life, think think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Mary and the Bible. There are several verses throughout the, throughout the Gospels where it talks about Mary pondering in her heart. Right? She she's watching Jesus grow. She's watching him um, uh, grow in the spirit, right? She's watching him mature as a man, right? As she watches all of that, she's pondering. The Bible says she keeps some things in her heart. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, she keeps some things in her heart. She, 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 doesn't, she doesn't say everything that comes about. Watch this. She doesn't ask every question that comes to mind. Some stuff she just ponders in her heart. Eudora Welty, a great uh, Southern fiction writer from Mississippi, wrote 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 a play entitled "The Pondered Heart." The Ponder Heart, right? And 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 well, I'm, I'm in my artistic mode tonight. I don't know what it is, but anyway. Um, so, so this pondering heart, where, where, where there is, where it is filled with, with, with question. It's filled with, um, with purpose, but yet unresolved tension and question. What does it all mean? Watch this, y'all. Mary follows Jesus through the 33 years of his life, right? Up until the very end. 
Many of the disciples are gone. In fact, John is the only one with Mary, which is why Jesus is dying on the cross. And he says to Mary, woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. He places John in the, in the, in the space of caretaker for his mother as he dies. Because remember, I told you Sunday, this great promise of a son was a great blessing to Mary because it meant that as Joseph died, she now had someone who would care for her. She had someone who would represent her in the court of law legally if necessary. She had someone who would support her financially. It was her son who was gonna carry on that responsibility in place of Joseph. But now with the son dying, she said, he says, John, take care of my mother. Now, I'm saying all that to say this. Here is Mary. Here is Mary watching her son be beaten, bleeding, and eventually dying. And I want to suggest to you, it is quite possible that Mary could have stopped it all. Had she, had Mary said, had Mary come forth and told a little field, she possibly could have saved her son had she said, you know what? It's all a farce. Jesus was conceived by me and Joseph. Had she done that, it's quite possible that, that none of that would have happened to Jesus. Because at that point, it would have been, aha! So he's not the son of God. Y'all been lying the whole time. And what mother, what mother, come on now, what mother wouldn't go to the ends of the earth to keep her son, her child from suffering? But Mary, Mary does not do that. Mary knows the truth and she does not let her love for her son cause her to interrupt the divine purpose. She knows what Gabriel says is true that this son will, will save Israel, will save the world. The, 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 the angel that came to Joseph in a dream who says to Joseph, don't be afraid, take Mary to be your wife. And, and that son that she's carrying, she, that, that he will save the world, right? They know that to be true. And so Mary suffers. Mary suffers the sight of her son dying. But here's, here's what I need you to see, y'all. Psalm 34, Psalm 34, verses 18 and 19. Psalm 34, verses 18 and 19. And I preach it all the time. I try to encourage those who are grieving all the time with this verse. 
it says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That, that's enough right there. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And Mary goes through life with a pondering heart about this child that she has carried and this end that he will he will eventually come to. And certainly she watches at Calvary with a crushed heart, with a crushed spirit and with a broken heart. But it's there that God meets her. And it's there where God will meet you. Because the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I'm done when I tell you this one. This is the last one, number four. I'm a three-point preacher, but I'm going to be a four-point teacher tonight. How about that? Uh, point number four, last point. Mary surrendered to God's will. That's it. Mary surrendered to God's will. This is something that we can learn. And it kind of goes back to what I shared with you earlier when I was talking about the you be the paper and let God be the pen, you be the canvas and let God be the brush. It's surrendering to the will of God. How do you know she surrendered to the will of God? It's in Luke chapter 1 verse 38. Luke 1 verse 38 says this. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. I, I told you Sunday that sometimes, and I love this, that Gabriel does not begin this great announcement by introducing himself to Mary but he introduces Mary to herself, right? He calls her highly favored, blessed art there among women. And you heard in Mary's praise song when, when she repeats what Gabriel says to her, I for generations shall call me blessed. She, she takes it in. She actually receives what the, what the angel says to her. Sometimes, sometimes I think people I think we come to church and we hear the word of God, but we don't receive the word of God. We we hear what the preacher is saying, but we don't receive it. Mary received it. She 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 said, that's my word. Somebody tonight needs to say that's my word. I, I'm not just going to hear what the preacher said, but that's my word. That's for me. Mary starts using the language of Gabriel and says generations will call me blessed. She adopts that language. And receives it because she surrenders herself to the will of God. You be the paper, let God be the pen. You be the canvas, let God be the painter, the paintbrush. And surrender as did Mary saying, Lord, I'm yours. We sing a song in the church that simply says, yes, yes, Lord. I'll say yes to your will and to your way. I'll say yes. 
I will trust you and obey. Come on. It's saying yes. Yes to what the Lord has promised. Yes to what the Lord has allowed. Yes to what the Lord has determined. Yes to what the Lord is writing and weaving and painting and, and whatever else and crafting and sculpting into our lives. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My soul says yes. We can learn some lessons from this young teenager. She handled herself well when given the unforeseen, she handled it well. And she challenges us, us who are a little bit further in our faith. She challenges us, us who are, a little, we who are a little more mature in, 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 in our walk with God. She challenges us to let to lead with faith even though we may experience fear to lead with faith amen amen god bless you all god bless you all i pray that you receive that i pray that you have heard the word of god tonight that you have been challenged and that you have been blessed amen God bless you all. God bless you all. Somebody ought to say that was my word. That was my word. That was my word. Amen. Did anybody put, uh, let me see. I'm going to just scroll up for a minute. Did anybody put it in there? Okay. L versus Alexander. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I just needed to see, did anybody do the math real quick? 48. Okay. Politique at 48. Amen. God bless y'all. I knew somebody was going to do it for me. Bless y'all. Thank you. <laughs> so Mary was 48 or thereabouts. Uh, at the end of Jesus's life. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are thankful for this night. We bless you for who you are. We thank you, O oh God, that in and through your word, you continue to give us powerful lessons that we can build our lives upon. God, we pray that we would respond to life and the surprises in life with a sure and steadfast hope and a solid faith. Lord, we get shaken sometimes. Lord, we, we wrestle with our fears sometimes, but Lord, we thank you that you've not given us a spirit of fear that overcomes us or overshadows us, but we are overcomers by faith. Lord, when we don't know what to do, help us to do what we can. When we don't know how to respond, put a simple yes upon our lips. And when we say yes, Lord, thy will be done. Grant it now in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much. 
We will see you soon. God bless. See you on Sunday.